Welcome to Live Healthy Now with Nicola Mercer, a weekly show helping you get clear on the power of building sustainable, healthy habits to live the happy, strong life you are craving. It's time to stop waiting for happiness and burning yourself out trying to reach it. Each week we'll share insights into the world of health and well-being to help you learn which habits are the right ones for you without the overwhelm and confusion you feel right now. It's time to strip back and lay out the truth about why taking better care of yourself is the answer to the happy life you're striving so hard to create. Hi, welcome to Live Healthy Now. I'm really excited to bring you another great episode today with a topic that I think is going to help a lot of you out there. I have a guest joining me today, Brittany Scott, who's here live from the US, where she currently has snow in the middle of November. (laughs) Um, Brittany Scott is a perinatal fitness specialist and she helps moms to take care of their bodies and to feel great. She provides personal training services in person and virtually as well. And her passion is really about educating and empowering women to understand their bodies, which I'm all about and is a big part of what I do at Life Now Coaching. So I'd just like to welcome you to the podcast, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation because we've got a lot in common with what we do and our focus on movement and exercise support and women. So yes. I'd just like to kick off each of our podcast episodes by finding out what the guest's favourite healthy topic um, habit is. So yeah, what habit do you have that really impacts how you feel? Oh man, that what a good question. Um well, at the risk of sounding very generic as a personal trainer, um, moving is like my workout in the morning is like my, my time. <laughs> um, I, and I actually only lift three times a week, so I'm not one of those that goes crazy. Um, I take walks and do yoga on the other days, but, um, if I, for an extended period of time, don't get to exercise, I notice right away, like the impact that it has on both how I feel physically, but also like my mental health as well. So getting in my workouts is top priority for me. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. I'm the same. I can really feel it when I don't move my body. And I try to have Mm -hmm. one day a week at least where my movement that day is only walking, but I do a much longer walk than what I would usually do on other days because I really feel Mm. that mental impact from not moving. So it's great yeah. that you get that too. And yeah. do you have a favorite workout type? Oh, lifting weights for sure. Um, I never really got into that until I was actually after college. I was in my mid 20s. I was teaching at the time um, and somebody introduced that to me and I love it. And um, it's a uh, something about moving really heavy things over and over that can get out like anger and frustration and all that stuff. So um, I love lifting. Yeah, me too. I think there's something in it that really helps you to build resilience by pushing through Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing that you've achieved it, that you've got to the end, that you've accomplished it. And I've definitely got some questions for you about strength training that oh, great. I think are really important for, for women who may be listening to understand oh, and yeah. think about for themselves. So let's awesome. 
dive in to what it is you do. And in the intro, I said that you support perinatal women. Now, Mm -hmm. that's a term that not everyone will be familiar with because there's lots of terms given to that period of Mm -hmm. of a female's life cycle. So, yeah, Yeah. do you want to explain exactly what that is and and the types of people that you do work with? Yes, of course. Um, And actually, this was a term I wasn't familiar with until I started working in this field. Um, So often we're most familiar with prenatal um, because that's one we hear a lot during pregnancy. Um, And then I think in the UK and I know in Australia and New Zealand, you guys use postnatal a lot. We tend to say postpartum here in the States, but postnatal and postpartum are the same two words for the same thing. Um, So when we say perinatal, that just encompasses both prenatal and postnatal. So it's both during pregnancy and after having a baby. Um, So, and I always like to include that once you've had a baby, you can't go back to not having a baby, right? So I always like to say you're postpartum forever um, because there's this kind of misconception that um, like, a lot of moms I've talked to about what I do, they're like, oh, my youngest is seven. So you probably can't help me because I'm not postpartum anymore. And it's like, well, no, if you haven't addressed like your public floor concerns or things like that, like I've seen what I do help women in their fifties and sixties. So um, once you've had a baby, you're postpartum forever. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good explanation as well, because I think that there's lots of different understandings and that's because of a big lack in education. I think that's probably Mm -hmm. globally the case as well, isn't it? That some women, you know, in a lot of countries you have like that six or eight week checkup after having a baby. Mm -hmm. So people think at that point you kind of expect it to be going back to normal and everything's okay. And then there's the saying of it takes nine months to make a baby so it takes nine months to get your body back and and you know everything mm-hmm. to start to go back to the original place it was in terms of you know your muscles and your ribs that move during pregnancy etc and then mm-hmm. other medical terms reference 12 months post delivery don't they as well so yeah mm-hmm. that's a really good way to look at it and think if you have had and you know a pregnancy and and whatever stage you're post-pregnancy things have changed physically for you Mm -hmm. and there's a mental impact we know about as well isn't there so yeah yeah, that's really great um so yeah I love that passion you've got for working with women who fall in into this definition like what was it that led you to want to support women who are going through pregnancy and and post-childbirth yeah That is a great question because I actually don't have any children, which people find like very funny that I'm in this field when I don't have any kids. Um, But I have lots of friends who have kids. Obviously, I'm in my 30s, so most of my friends have children. Um, And what I found is that there was a huge lack of support for them in a lot of ways, but particularly in fitness, since I was really into fitness. Um, A lot of them didn't know like what to do, Um, especially in pregnancy. There's a lot. I mean, there's so many. You have people telling you that you should kick up your feet and not do anything. You have people telling you that you should do whatever you want all the way through your nine months of pregnancy. So it can be so confusing and there's conflicting information on the internet. And um, so I wanted to be a place where I 
I'm certified in this. I know what's going on in your body and I can help you navigate that journey, remove some of the like fear and uncertainty that there is around fitness during pregnancy and the postnatal period and really give them the confidence to feel good in their bodies, no matter what's going on in pregnancy or postpartum. Yeah, that's brilliant because you're right. There's also that old fashioned perception and understanding a lot of women have that as soon as you fall pregnant you have to take it easy and Mm -hmm. the world's definitely changing with that I know you know I had my Mm -hmm. pregnancy my daughter's coming up to 15 so you know 16 years ago I I fell pregnant Um, and there was definitely a fear around working out Mm -hmm. I'd already been exercising pre-pregnancy so I knew that it was safe to continue exercising Mm -hmm. But there was definitely um, a mental resistance to it because of, yeah. you know, worry and concern and not wanting to mm-hmm. harm the baby, which I now right. know is, you know, not justified whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, when you are working with women at the start of a pregnancy, what are the sort of, you know, worries they come to you with and how do you work with them to support and start to build their strength up? Yeah. Um, Well, what you said is something I see a lot that people think they're going to hurt the baby or their mom told them that or their grandma told them that, you know, or uh, like things with running, like the baby's bouncing around in there. And you're like, that's just that's not exactly like how it works. Um, I mean, I've heard I had a CrossFit coach tell me she told a pregnant woman to stop squatting because the CrossFit coach thought that the baby was going to come out while she was squatting. So I hear all kinds of things. Um, But mostly I just want moms to know, I start with telling them the benefits to them as a mother, um, the physical benefits, the mental benefits. And then I also talk about how it benefits the baby Um, because they're one study I like to reference they followed women who exercised in pregnancy. They followed their babies all the way through the age of five after they had them. And those children were at significantly less risk for a lot of like health problems, including obesity and things like that. So um, it doesn't just impact you as the mom. It can really impact your child as well. Um, so a lot of moms find that motivating, right? If they don't want to do it for themselves necessarily, they definitely want their child to have a good, healthy head start if they can. Um, so that's usually what I start with telling them the benefits, um, of those different things, finding out what they like to do. Um, cause not everyone likes to lift, not everyone likes to swim, not everyone likes to CrossFit. So I try to find out what they like and incorporate that into their fitness journey so that it's not something they hate so that it can become something that they really enjoy and look forward to. Yeah. And there's something I always remember being said to me that stuck with me while I was pregnant was, you know, it's not called labor for no reason. It's hard work (laughs) in most cases. Anyway, I do know the odd person who's had a very straightforward, pretty easy, fast labor. Um, But yeah, it's something that requires a lot of endurance, both physically and Mm -hmm. mentally, doesn't it? So is that one of the things you find women come to you with in mind that they want to to help themselves, you know, be able to, to be prepared much better for? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I actually, first and second trimester, we don't change, we start to change a few things, but they're able to do a lot of what they're used to. But third trimester, we do start 
um, kind of pulling back on the intensity of their workouts and really preparing their bodies for labor. Um, like a pregnant client I just had recently, she just had her baby last month. Like we planned circuits for her to do in labor with movements that she was familiar with from working out. So a lot of that stuff like crosses over, not like uh, workout circuits necessarily, but like movements, like deep squats and doing things on a big exercise ball. Um, so things that she practiced in pregnancy during workouts that she could translate over into her labor. Um, so yeah, we definitely, I definitely have clients that want to work on endurance and prepping their bodies for delivery. Cause you're right. It, it's quite the, quite the event on the body. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think one of the things I've noticed is making a difference with the awareness and people, you know, continuing to exercise and move while they're pregnant is the role models who were talking and showing this in their own lives. I used to work for Nike and, you know, we brought in a maternity range not that long ago, actually, I can't remember if it was kind of two, three years ago, it was very recent that they, they introduced that range, mm -hmm. which was a brilliant move forward to show that when yeah. you are pregnant and carrying a child, you can still wear workout clothes yes. because you can still work out. And there's obviously a lot of yeah. athletes who have been very open about training whilst pregnant. So do you think that's something mm -hmm. that's going to help to build, you know, the awareness and, and continuation during pregnancy? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's why I love doing things like this, like talking with you um, about it in a podcast setting, because sometimes women just don't know. Um, they don't know that exercising consistently is an option. Like I said, there's so much conflicting information. So the more visibility that we can get um, exercise during pregnancy out into the world, yeah, the, I mean, Every woman should be doing it, barring contraindications, of course. But um, it's so good for both you and the baby that, yeah, any any visibility we can get is great. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about post-pregnancy then, because I'm guessing that that's one of the biggest challenging times of, of a woman's life if she has gone through a pregnancy and, and delivered a baby. So what do you see women coming to you with at that point and and you mentioned you know someone who might come to you with a child who's seven do you see a pattern as to when women realize the need to do something post-pregnancy yeah um and actually the majority of my clients are post-pregnancy I would say maybe 25 percent of them are pregnant when they come right. to me most of them have already had their baby um the most common thing that I see is the the mommy tummy um, they haven't been able to get rid of their tummy after having a baby um, or just general weight loss. They've really struggled to lose weight after having the baby. They feel tired all the time. They can't play with their kids. Um, that was one of my current clients. Her goal didn't have one of her goals didn't have anything to do with weight. It was just like, I want to be able to play with my kid without being exhausted, like or running yeah. out of breath. Um, but I would say the mommy tummy, mommy pooch, however you want to call it, um, is the most common thing that women come to me with. Right. And and do you find that that is some time after pregnancy or are women generally quite eager to work on that pretty soon after? I see both. Um, but I would say most of them, their children are 
into school by the time they seek out seek me out because it's not until their kids are in school that they feel like they have time or money to uh, hire someone to help them with their fitness journey. Um, so I do have some that are pretty early postpartum, but I would say most of them, their kids are school age by the time they, they find me. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because a lot of the women who I work with and, and have in my community are stuck where they are because they believe they don't have time and so they can't change anything. And that's something mm-hmm. which not just when we talk about our kind of topics in, in health and wellness, but in lots of things people might want to do differently in their life, they tend to stay where they are because they believe mm-hmm. they're just too busy, they don't have time. So how do you help them to overcome yeah. that objective? Yeah. Oh, there's so many things. Um, if If somebody comes to me that doesn't become a client, I like to give them two things to work on, um, just to give them somewhere to go. They might come back to me eventually, but all moms, I recommend working on breathing. Um, we tend to chest breathe or shoulder breathe, right? And so that doesn't give our pelvic floor a chance to work with our diaphragm. So, um, I always talk about releasing your belly as women. We tend to suck our bellies in because we want them to look smaller. Um, But what ends up happening is those upper abs are actually what's pulling in and the lower abs aren't engaging at all. And then it disrupts your breathing pattern. It causes all kinds of pelvic floor issues. Um, So that's the first thing I have them start paying attention to their breathing, letting their belly go, let it all hang out. That's what I say. Just relax your belly, let yourself breathe. Um, And the second thing that I have them pay attention to is their posture. Because often in pregnancy, um, if this is what normal posture looks like, and these are your hips down here, we tend to tuck our hips under to support the pregnant belly, right? So your hips come really far forward. You get kind of like the heart bottom syndrome, right? Like you get a flat pancake butt. Um, so we get a flat butt. Our shoulders get all rolled forward because we're breastfeeding or bottle feeding. We're sitting in this position a lot. But then that translates to standing. So we kind of end up like little turtles, Um, And that also disrupts our breathing pattern and our pelvic floor function. So no one has perfect posture all the time. I don't, nobody does. But if we can pay attention and be mindful of our posture, we can adjust it throughout the day. Um, Anytime if you're standing at the counter making dinner and you notice that you're slouching and your hips are really tucked under, just fix it and stand up straight. Give your chance, give your body a chance to stand properly and get that good breathing pattern. Let your pelvic floor do the work that it's supposed to. Um, and then the third thing, if clients do work with me, strength training is vital for any woman, really. Um, after the age of 35 into our 40s, we start to lose 5 to 8% muscle mass every decade. So if you're not rebuilding that muscle, you're going to keep uh, getting weaker and weaker and having more and more problems. So we want to make sure that we're lifting weights to maintain that muscle mass as we age. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, I wanted to chat about the strength training because that's something which a lot of women are fearful of. And I can imagine you know, if you mm-hmm. haven't done it previously, once you've had a baby and, you know, for a lot of women where things have changed physically, 
it can be really daunting to think about lifting weights and going back to the time issue. People think that weights mean having yeah. to go to a gym and having to, you know, be lifting heavy mm-hmm. in front of other people and maybe being there for an hour and they don't have that time to drive to the gym, get changed, yeah. do the hour, shower, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that that isn't how it needs to be in reality. And the power of strength yeah. training is incredible. And yeah, just chat to us a little bit about that. And the other thing I would like you yeah. to touch on, because you mentioned, you know, the the momentums are the big problem a lot of people have. Strength training with weights, especially, but any kind of resistance is now being proven to be as if not more effective for weight loss than cardio training, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100 um, percent. And you made a great point at the end that strength training doesn't have to be with dumbbells or barbells in a big setting. Any kind of resistance training, your body can be resistance, right? If you're squatting, your body's resisting gravity. If you're doing push-ups, your body's resisting gravity. Um, So your body counts, but things like bands um, and other like apparatus you can use or just dumbbells at home. I have clients that have like a five pound I, I don't know if you guys use pounds over there probably not we're kilograms um, yeah just, I think that's about two that's okay. probably about two and a half kilograms maybe yeah so like a couple sets of dumbbells at home and that's what they use and they're fine um yeah. most of my clients I have them do workouts that are 20 to 30 minutes tops and they're done um so it's really accessible um it doesn't it feels intimidating and scary at first but you definitely don't have to go into a gym to get in strength training or resistance training you can do it right at home um but you're right that strength training is more effective for weight loss because it builds muscle muscles the more muscle mass you have, that's what helps your metabolism, right? Which is how quickly you burn calories in your body. So if you're doing excessive amounts of cardio, um, eventually your body runs out of fat to feed on and it starts feeding on your muscles and you lose muscle mass. So we don't want to only do cardio. That's not the only, that's not the best way to actually lose weight. It's through strength training and building your muscles to increase your metabolism. Um, And that's actually a much more effective way to lose weight than cardio. Yeah. And I think a lot of women, well, people full stop are put off doing exercise because they think it's going to be, you know, running on a treadmill or sweating it out on a bike or Mm -hmm. a roaring that you have to be on there, you know, for 20 minutes or mm-hmm. even longer in some cases. And the thought of it is just so painful, isn't it? Yeah. But I think yeah. weight training, like strength training, well, I'll not call it weight training, strength training, you know, resistance of any kind is so varied. You can make it so different. As you said, you can mm-hmm. carve it up into much smaller chunks. You can find really, you know, interesting, fun ways to do it. I've got a slam yeah. ball. There's nothing better than oh, getting yes. that ball that in the air so and slamming it down with lots of yeah. aggression and adrenaline and yes. so on. Um, yeah, you know, the, the bands are brilliant, especially when we're talking here about a lot of women who might still have quite young children. They're things mm-hmm. that you could do at home, even, you know, with free YouTube content in your mm-hmm. lounge, living room with the kids around and so on. And so, yeah, there, there's so many different ways to do that. And do you find that once they get into it and realise what it's like, that they actually enjoy it and, and do really oh, yeah. look forward to it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Once they feel that, because 
exercise releases those happy hormones into your body, right? So um, once they've experienced that on a consistent basis, it's definitely something they want to pursue because they see, they feel the physical benefits and the mental benefits as well. Um, So if you, and like I said at the very beginning, I always try to incorporate something that they do like. Um, So I have some clients that have a yoga background. So I try to include some more yoga style things into their strength training so that it's something they're comfortable with. It's something that they like, but I'm also challenging them by having them move their bodies in ways that maybe they aren't used to in yoga that can strengthen them in a different way. Um, So you don't have to do something. I like me, for instance, I hate running. I hate it. I think I do it like, you know, maybe once a week, but sometimes I want to do a different kind of cardio. So I'll row or bike or something like that. Um, Like if, if running was the only option for me, I would not be a personal trainer because I hate it so much. But like you said, the nice thing about fitness is there's so many different ways to do things. Find something that you like, stick with it, and you're going to see results. Yeah. And I encourage that as well. I talk about finding something that you're going to enjoy because I want people to build sustainable, healthy habits, ones that Mm -hmm. become part of who you are and your routine and they just flow in your life. And that happens when you really Mm -hmm. align to them. And in the case of exercise, when you really get enjoyment from it. And I think the key is as well to keep varying it to progress. That's what we need Mm -hmm. to do when we talk about strength training, isn't it? Is to always progress so if you were just constantly doing bicep curls with the same weight that's great but you're not really going to get the benefits from it and as women because of what we need to protect with our bones as we age and and hit the menopausal stage of our life Mm -hmm. we've really got to make sure that we are varying and progressing the strength training that we do so the example you gave of yoga yoga is a brilliant strength training Um, way to work out but you do need to keep progressing Mm -hmm. it and so adding in weights if that's something you've never done before is an example of how you can progress there Um, and yeah that that all sounds great I want to talk now about pelvic floor you've touched on it a a few times and it's a really important topic that I have a personal story about and I'm very passionate about the fact that females aren't taught about their pelvic floor usually I know it's two stages of life I think until you become pregnant and um at an older much older age when for many women it becomes a a serious issue in in their health Mm -hmm. because of my story I learned a lot about what it actually does so yeah tell us about that because I think it's something that scares a lot of women and if yeah. you do have a problem with it, especially post-pregnancy, it can mm-hmm. be something you just think you've got to put up with. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And I was definitely in that category too. Like I knew nothing about the pelvic floor until I got into this field. Um, and I've had my own pelvic floor issues and I haven't had kids. Um, the interesting thing about the pelvic floor is a lot of women tend to hold stress or trauma in their pelvic floor. So that can create issues, even if you've never had a baby. Um, Like, for instance, female gymnasts tend to have really tight pelvic floors. They have incontinence issues just because of the type of activity they're constantly doing. Um, So this isn't limited to just women who've had babies. Like, anybody can have pelvic floor issues. Um, 
And so the pelvic floor, I like to talk of it as like a little uh, hammock for um, your bladder, your vagina, and your rectum. So it supports those organs. Um, and you can have, uh, like you said, a lot of women tend to associate the pelvic floor with the bladder. So having incontinence is really common issue postpartum um, because that pelvic floor has supported the baby for nine months. And a lot of women, whether you have a C-section or a vaginal birth, but particularly during a vaginal birth, there can be tearing or trauma to the pelvic floor, um, causing weakness, causing some dysfunction, which leads to um, incontinence. So unfortunately, at least in the U.S., a lot of times an OB or a gynecologist, the doctors that help deliver the baby their specialty is not pelvic floor. So often what they'll tell you is the only way for you to fix incontinence is through having surgery. Um, and as a PT, you know that that's not true. Um, there's so much that you can do to um, reconnect to your pelvic floor because lots of times that's what I've found with my moms. They've lost that connection to their core and to their pelvic floor. So reestablishing that connection through things like good breathing and good posture helps you figure out, oh, okay, there's my pelvic floor. Now I can feel it. So we work on strengthening the pelvic floor through things like kegels, but also learning how to relax it because that's just as important, especially if you're someone like me. I had a really tight pelvic floor, so I had incontinence issues because it was so I was holding trauma there. So my pelvic floor was like this all the time. So I had to learn how to let it relax. So being able to relax your pelvic floor is just as important as strengthening it. Um, so th that's the biggest issue I see pelvic floor wise um, is incontinence, but also prolapse. Um, and I don't know if you want me to get into that too, too much, but that's that's just when there's a descent of an organ into the um, vaginal canal, essentially, like into the walls of the vagina. Um, or you can have a rectocele prolapse. There's different kinds. Um, but that's generally also a weakness of the pelvic floor. Um, pelvic floor training can help, but also things like pessaries to help provide a little bit of support can help in those situations too. Yeah. And th there are so many different things that you can do, both from a physical perspective and mental perspective, as you said, to reconnect with your pelvic floor. In my case, mm -hmm. I had a very... Um, damaged pelvic floor because of trauma during delivery and mm. after many many attempts at different solutions like surgery and using a TENS machine and different things mm. um, I did have surgery and that was about I think about eight or nine years ago now and the surgery that okay. I had is actually pretty much banned now definitely in the US and here in the UK because of the risks associated with with what can happen many years mm. after the surgery. For me, I must admit it was life-changing because I had mm. a lot of issues because of, of how weak my pelvic floor was and the incontinence mm. that I, I had as a consequence of that. And yeah. I really, you know, feel and empathise with women struggling with that because the mental side of that is is extreme it can be very very yeah. impactful to you so you know if that is yeah. something that you are 
dealing with and you're hearing us talk about, there are now so many different ways that you can work on improving that. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like that and you don't have to live a life where you are wearing incontinence pads or pants or, you know, feeling embarrassed mm-hmm. and ashamed of what's going on. It's something that you can definitely help. And if you are listening and you haven't had those troubles then you do need to make sure that you are working on your strength and physical fitness because again as women many of us hit this for the first time when we are post-menopause because again Mm -hmm. of the changes that are happening with our hormones and and bodies so yeah it's really important and something I learned as well was that men have a pelvic floor I was astounded I thought it was just women because again what we're not educated on we think it's just there to hold our bladder and and bowel and um Mm -hmm. you know and I learned that men have it and and regardless of whether you are someone who's going to or has had a child and what gender you are that pelvic floor is literally like the core essential of having a strong healthy body isn't it It, you know a lot Mm -hmm. of athletes both male and female and I know this from my Nike days work on building a really strong pelvic floor because whether you're a runner a tennis player a swimmer that really helps to you know Mm -hmm. support every other muscle in your body doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely it's kind of like a foundation yeah um especially for the rest of your organs and your core all of that um it's it's very important And like you said, so many women struggle with this issue, but it tends to still be a taboo topic. Like they're embarrassed to say that they struggle with this or um, that it's a problem. So it's so valuable that you're talking about this and presenting it on a podcast like like this, because women need to know that, first of all, they're not alone. Um, It's a really common issue, but just because it's common, Mm -hmm. like you said, it doesn't mean it's normal. Um, Their body isn't meant to function like that for the rest of their lives. And there's so much help out there for them and they can, they don't have to be like this forever. So I'm so thankful that there's people like you who are spreading the the good news. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that I was completely embarrassed about. And I honestly didn't talk about it at all until I became a health coach because I was ashamed I felt as though it meant there was something wrong with me and the the way it impacted me mentally mm-hmm. meant that you know I, I just hid away from chatting about it because of, of how it used to mm-hmm. make me feel um, and I have fortunately met a couple of really incredible women who focus only on pelvic floor and one of them is coming mm. on the podcast in the future to chat about it and I've done some collaboration oh, work with, with her before because I'm really passionate about it because my daughter's as said 15 almost and she doesn't know about that I didn't know about it at her age and we really do need to educate everyone yeah. not just females mm-hmm. because everyone has this core muscle that's such an integral part of how their body Mm -hmm. works for the rest of their life it needs to be strong and supportive so yeah I think we all have to keep opening up on on the topic that's for sure yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um so if someone's listening and you know regardless of what stage of the life they're at and really struggling with building an exercise habit we're telling them you know this is a real important fundamental part of building a healthy happier lifestyle what would you say they could do in the next day or two I'm all about getting started straight away to begin building a habit what advice would you give them to to get going with something simple 
Yeah, um, I would say something you mentioned earlier is that there's so many um, free resources on YouTube. So um, if you can find a 10-minute video to follow along, do 10 minutes. Um, that's on days that I don't want to work out. One of my favorite tips is I'll set a timer for 10 minutes <laughs> and do something and be like, if I do 10 minutes, that's better than nothing. But most of the time, it gets to 10 minutes and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll go for 10 more, 20 more minutes and you feel great afterwards. Um, so find something tomorrow, uh, somebody that you like on YouTube that you can follow a 10 or 20 minute video. We don't want to go crazy, right? We don't want to do an hour long workout where you can't walk the next day. <laughs> so we want to ease into it. Find a video of something that you enjoy. Do that same video three times this week and see how, be- how much better you feel at the end of the week. Yeah, that's good advice. And there's so many different ways to begin exercising for free, isn't there? That's a key thing is it's accessible and you can find, as we said, something that you enjoy that fits with your schedule, the time restrictions. If you don't have any equipment, that doesn't matter. You can do it in your bare feet. Mm -hmm. You know, even getting outside Mm -hmm. and going for a walk is a great free Mm -hmm. way to begin an exercise routine. So yeah, brilliant advice. Thanks, Brittany. So I just have a little kind a quiz to wrap up to um okay. see which of these you would prefer when we talk about healthy habits okay so I think you've given something away maybe as we were chatting on <laughs> whether you would be you'd prefer to walk or run oh definitely walk <laughs> <laughs> I have two dogs and I walk them every day and I love it I love to be outside but not running <laughs> brilliant and what about water or juice Ooh, um, probably water. Yeah. And fruit or veg? Vegetables. Yeah. And if you had to pick between a morning or an evening routine? Morning. I have turned into a morning person. I used to be a night owl and doing personal training forced me to get up early and now I love it I love getting a lot done before everybody else is awake (laughs) Mm, that's good to know yeah that it can't be changed you can yeah switch that around and then what about meditating versus journaling hmm that's a good one I would say meditating um I don't I get frustrated by having to write because my hand can't keep up with my brain. (laughs) So (laughs) meditating is a little bit more accessible for me. Yeah, I know I find journaling hard just because I'm so, you know, untrained on using a pen now that I find my hand literally aches within about 30 (laughs) seconds of picking the pen up and and putting it to the paper, yeah. So just to let everyone know them where they can find you, Brittany, if you want to share where you like to hang out and and how they can get in touch. Yeah, most of my content is on Instagram. Um, It's my business name, which is Mom Gets Moxie, M-O-X-I-E. Moxie is kind of an unfamiliar word, but it just means like a a strength of character and confidence. Um, It's how I want moms to feel. Um, I want them to feel empowered. So that's my business name. You can find me on Instagram at Mom Gets Moxie, on Facebook at Mom Gets Moxie, and also my website. Um, So sending me a message on either Instagram or Facebook or going to my website, there's an option to send me an email there. Um, so yeah, that's most of what I do is on Instagram. I do 
lives and all kinds of stuff on there. Um, but you can find me at all three places. Fab, and I'll pop them into the show notes. And you had a little something to offer as well, if anyone was interested in finding out about working with you. Oh, yeah, the 10% off. Yeah, so if you are listening here and um, you check out Instagram or a website and you are interested in doing some training, if you just mentioned to me that you found me here on the podcast, then I'll give you 10% off on your services. Oh, that's so generous. Thank you. No excuse if you're listening. <laughs> of course. Anyway, <laughs> oh, it's been, yeah, no excuses. Yeah, it's been lovely to chat, Brittany, and I really hope that, you know, anyone listening has resonated with it. And if they have been struggling to get moving, they can see a way to begin and, and how it's going to improve their life. And definitely for anyone who might be thinking about pregnancy to start now, that's the message. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Yep. It's never too late. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks, Brittany. (laughs) Thank you. This has been fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please remember to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. It would be really appreciated if you could leave a rating and review so other people can find us and build their own healthy, happy life. You can follow Life Now Coaching on all social media platforms and visit our website at lifenow.uk. Links are in the show description. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and can't wait to see you again next week for more tips on living healthy and happy right now. Take care.